0: Navigating life through the Word of God. This is the Bethel Baptist Church podcast. However, we can't just preach prosperity, we can't just preach uh, blessings, and we can't just preach uh, healing uh, and not talk about sin. Because when we do that, uh, we are not presenting the church with a complete and an accurate gospel. Uh, so, <clears throat> actually, uh, this is the type of teaching that Paul warned Timothy about in 2 Timothy, uh, chapter number 4, verses 1 through 5. If you can put that up for me. Chapter number 4, verses 1 through 5 in 2 Timothy. uh, There it says this. uh, I charge thee therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. For the time will come. When they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust, shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. Uh, Paul was warning Timothy in so many words uh, to not water down the gospel. Unfortunately, there are a lot of churches, there are a lot of pastors, there are a lot of ministers uh, who have indeed watered down the gospel. And they watered down the gospel in exchange for large congregations, large offerings, and large platforms. They don't preach or teach on sin because it may make people uncomfortable. And if they become uncomfortable, they may leave. If they become uncomfortable, they may stop paying tithes and offerings. If they become uncomfortable, they may unfollow you on your social media platform. But the truth of the matter is, the church was never designed to make sinners comfortable. Mm -mm, The church was not designed to make sinners comfortable. Realistically speaking, everyone should feel welcomed in the church, but everyone shouldn't feel comfortable in the church. I just messed some of you up. Everybody should feel welcomed in the church, but everybody should not feel comfortable in the church. If you are in a church to where you never feel conviction, you you never have your toes stepped on, you you never have to say, woe is me, you might be in the wrong church. Uh, And I'm not saying that all of us are church full of sinners, (laughs) but what I am saying is that none of us are leading the life to where we have it all figured out and we never mess up and there are no weaknesses that we have. And the way that the gospel is set up, if you sit under the word of God long enough, it will show you you and you should not always like what you see. So that's why it's important for us to preach on sin, But the second reason I wanted to teach on sin tonight is to make sure that we have an understanding on where sin originated, how sin affects us, and how it affects those connected to us. But then lastly, how we can overcome sin and how to overcome our sinful nature. So, as always, when we're teaching or preaching on sin, uh, we have to be careful uh, not to come across as judgmental. Uh, But at the same time, making sure that sin is not being justified. Say it one more time. When teaching on sin, we have to make sure that we're not coming across as being judgmental. But at the same time, making sure that sin is not being justified. In other words, we have to find a way to speak out against sin in such a way uh, that the sinner will turn away from the sin and seek the Savior. As opposed to them turning down the Savior and running back to sin. Uh, it sounds crazy, but do you know how many people the churches ran back out into the world? Uh, because when you do not uh, show love, when you do not approach people with love, when you just want to hit people over the head and tell them all that they're doing wrong, sometimes it discourages them more than encourage them. And so if we're going to do that, we have to make sure that we do it by speaking the truth in love. So let's start with getting a couple of definitions from you all of what you think sin is anybody anyone hold on one second Norman, Norman is coming with the, with the mic do we have another mic available if we can get brother Sam can you help us out or deep either one If we can get one more mic it's not on So that mic is not working, what Norman has. Okay. And that's the mic y'all was going to give me, huh? I'm glad I switched it out, Norman. <laughs> Sabotage. All right. There we go. There we go. Okay. So, I think sin resonates when we are outside of the will of God and we have to understand what, when we understand what his will is. Um, so, when we go outside of those guidelines, that just sets us up for um, remaining in the flesh and uh, sin easily besets us in that flesh. Okay. I heard somebody else with definition. Anybody else want to give a, up here? Uh, Norman, Deacon Hammond, pick one. It don't matter which one. <laughs> sin is missing the mark. Missing the mark. Cynthia. It's a race. The race so the isn't Bible given says, to the swift. To him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. All right. Anybody else? Hold on, ship. Here we come. I know, I know you don't need it, but we coming. I know y'all love uh Anything that's contrary to the word of God. Anything that's contrary to the word of God. Okay. So uh, if you can go to that slide, let's look at the definition of sin. And so we was right on track. Sin is any act regarded as such a transgression, especially a willful or deliberate violation of some religious or moral principle. Uh, Sin is also uh, to offend against a principle or standard. And then lastly, sin is the failure to fully obey God's law and live up to his glory. So, now that we have a working definition of sin, uh, let let me ask this question. And I normally say it's no right or wrong answer, but I just need to hear. I I just want you to kind of take a stab at it. Where... Did sin originate? Where did sin originate? Anyone? I would say the Garden of Eden, but then again, we have to look at the fall of um, Satan from heaven. So it could have been either way. Okay. So you answer the question with a question. (laughs) Anybody else without those two answers? Anybody? So when you start talking about sin, where did it originate, uh, her statement said either in the garden or I think I heard she say in heaven. Um, so now, by show of hands, if you think it started in the, in the, originated in the garden, raise your hand. A couple people. If you think it started in heaven, raise your hand. So now let me ask this question. If there is no sin to enter heaven, how does sin start in heaven? But if Satan can't enter I mean, but if sin is can't make it into heaven, how did it start in heaven? <laughs> We may kick them out so, <laughs> I really wasn't going to go there Until she uh, gave both my answers in one question So now I got to try and figure out Another way to make you think um, So typically And in, in, in all of her sarcasm She was right When she said it started outside of heaven And what, what I mean by that is We have to always remember That heaven Is not just One heaven And I know I might be getting way off track here and, I, and we don't have a whole lot of time to do this. But you remember when Paul said, I was caught up into the third heaven? So, so a lot of times when we think of heaven, we just go straight to the throne room. And so now, that's how people will use the word of God to say it contradicts itself. Because now, if we talk about there's no sin in heaven, but then you telling me the sin originated in heaven, which one is it? Uh, but there's always, so even if you go out and look up, you're looking into the heavens. But yet, you don't see God in the cherubims and all that flying around because there's another ram to this thing. And so, when you start talking about sin, it did originate uh, in, in, in the heavens. And so, what happened is uh, when, when Satan or Lucifer was created, he was created as an angel. He, he was, in fact, the praise and worship leader. Had an I' say an angelic voice, but if he was an angel, he would have an angelic voice. but he, <laughs> but, but he, he could do three-part harmony all by himself. He, he, he was that type, a worship leader. But the problem happened uh, let, let's go to, to Isaiah chapter number 14, please. Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 14, verse number 12, and we're going to read through verse 17. look, look, look at what it says here. It says, "How you are fallen from heaven." O shining star, son of the morning, you have been thrown down to the earth, you who destroyed the nations of the world. Verse 13. For you said to yourself, I will ascend to heaven and set my throne above God's stars. I will preside on the mountain of the gods far away in the north. I will climb to the highest heavens and be like the most high. Verse number 15. It says, instead, you will be brought down to the place of the dead, down to his lowest depths. Everyone there will stare at you and ask, can this be the one who shook the earth and made the kingdoms of the world tremble? Verse 17, is this the one who destroyed the world and made it into a wasteland? Is this the king who demolished the world's greatest cities? and had no mercy on his prisoners. This is the description of how Satan fell from heaven. He, he wanted to make himself bigger than God. He, he, he became proud. He became prideful, and then he tried to uh, 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 undermine the authority of God. So sin originated in the heavens, in that particular setting, and Satan was, Satan was kicked out of the presence uh, of the Lord. Now, there are some who might want to argue that sin actually originated in the Garden of Eden. Because in the Garden of Eden, we all know the story. Uh, it talks about how Adam and Eve, how they were. In fact, let's just go there. Let's go there. Uh, Genesis chapter number three, verses one through six. Then I come back and I give my little commentary on it. It says, The serpent was the shrewdest of all the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? Of course, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful, and its fruit looked delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband. So watch this. The rest of the story. We know the rest of the story. How when they... They, they discovered that they were naked. God came looking for them, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. He said, Adam, where are you? He said, I hid because uh, I was naked. How did you know you was naked? So, so watch this. They sinned by rebelling against God's word. He, he told them what not to do. So there are some people who say this is the first account of sin. Uh, but technically, it's not necessarily the first count of sin. It's the first sin we see recorded if that makes sense Uh, because it does not really give us until we get into Isaiah the account of Satan uh, being kicked out of heaven Uh, and so some will say well how do you know then which came first if it doesn't give you the account well you just have to use just a little bit of common sense uh, because the serpent here represents Satan and for Satan to be the one to influence her that meant that he was already here, which meant that he had already been kicked out of heaven. So now, here it is. Since God kicked Satan out of heaven, and since sin originated in heaven, did God create sin? Y'all so quiet. <laughs> you got the mic, <laughs> I love it when we're not streaming. <laughs> we just. Uh, I don't think God created uh, sin, but <clears throat> because he gives us a free will, he allowed us to make our own choices. Okay. Anybody else? Nobody else? Man, when I come to Sunday school, y'all talk it up. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we're going to change To a gym floor, we might get more participation. So, sin, correct, was not necessarily created by God. But God created humans and angels who were capable of sinning. Angels did not just appear. God is the only one who just is. Angels were... Created. Now, that may be a shock to some of you because nowhere do we see in Genesis where God created angels. The Bible says that he created man from the dust. And then after he created man from man's side, from, he took a rib and he created woman. But we don't see where he created uh, any angels. But uh, I didn't give you this back there, but can you give me Genesis chapter? 2 verse 1 I'm relying on my memory be right Lord help me be right Genesis chapter 2 verse number 1 yeah so the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed so we don't see an exact account of God creating angels but it says here the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them. In other words, anything or everything that is not God was created in that first week of creation. And so once he created humans and once he created angels, he created us with free, uh, a free will or as free moral agents. Now, some may say, why would he create us with the capacity to sin? Why, why would he give us that ability to sin. Anybody want to take a guess? Nobody? Man, either y'all shy or we playing stump the students. What are we doing? I think God wanted us to uh, worship him, follow him of our own accord without being like robots or anything. Okay. Two, God needed to have balance, so we had a choice to make if we were going to choose Him or sin. And like He said, it goes into glorifying Him. So once we do choose Him, all the praise and honor goes to Him, rather than us worshiping what's not Him. Okay, I saw one more. What they did? They got it. Okay. So here's the deal. Okay, I'm sorry, Keisha, they come. So, is it fair to say that God created evil to deliver us from it? Okay. So, everything is kind of on point. Here's the thing. I said on Sunday, religion was about a bunch of rules. But Christianity is really about relationship. How many of you are in a relationship To where you force somebody to like you. Would would you like. Hey call me tonight at 10. You better. (laughs) You you, you can't make people. Like you. You can't make people love you. You can't make people want to tolerate you. And so for God to make us like that. As he said. it, It would have been like creating robots. And if you create robots. Then the relationship is not genuine. What what happens then is there there's no way that you can say, Look how much these people love me. Because you made them. You know, it's kind of like when I came to church, I didn't fall in love with church. My mama made me. <laughs> it's a different than doing something of your own, but then when I got of age, I moved to California. I don't tell nobody. I didn't see church for three years. <laughs> Let me I saw them because I rolled by. Them. <laughs> But then when I got back here, I fell in love with God and then I fell in love with church. And here's the ironic thing. Some of my favorite pastors that I love to hear that I want to get out there in California. I'm like, man, I was right there with him. And I blew it. But, but it's about the choice. And here it is somewhat to what Keisha said. Uh, if, if there was no evil, if there was no sin, how then could God showcase his grace? Now, that just messed somebody up. I'm not saying that God wants us to sin. I'm not saying that he created sin. But what I am saying is, for God to showcase his grace, he allowed certain things to happen so that he could say, watch this. Not only have you shown me how much you love me, watch me show you how much I love you. Because even though I made you that way, I know you jacked I made you jacked up. I knew when I gave you free choice that there was going to be some dude walk by you, It smelled like a million bucks That you were going to turn around I knew when I made you Some lady was going to walk by you to catch your I knew you was going to mess up I knew when I made you They were going to make you mad at the job And instead of Starbucks You went to the ABC store For those of you who have children You know how you just know your children Sometimes you can ask them What's wrong with you Nothing. Oh no, something wrong Because, you know, God knows us. And so he knew when he gave us free choice that he had to put a plan in place for when we make the wrong choices. All right. So now that we've understood, now that we've come to understand uh, (coughs) where sin originated from, what sin is, where it originated from, and and that God did not create sin. uh, Now we can start talking about this sinful nature. Where did this sinful nature come from? Uh, so when Lucifer or when Satan was kicked out of heaven, uh, that really didn't have any bearing on us other than he now was going to try and influence us to do wrong. Uh, now, the reason I know that free more agents or the free will was given not just to humans, but also to angels, because not only was Satan kicked out of heaven, but one third of the angels chose to worship him. And so they were kicked out as well. Uh, so, That didn't necessarily affect us, uh, but the sin that was recorded is the sin that really affected us. Uh, So we read it already, so I don't have to go back and read it all. Uh, But here's the thing. Because of Adam's sin, we are now born into sin and shaping in iniquity, as David said, uh, because now we all have a sinful nature. We all have a sinful nature because of what Adam did. Now, let's go back. I didn't give you this in the back, so you don't have to worry about trying to find a slide. Uh, You hear us say it all the time in the church. For all of us have sinned and come short of God's glory. Or you hear me say it on Sundays. It's the perfect place for imperfect people because all of us are still trying to get it right. Uh, Now, there are some people who understand exactly what I'm saying. uh, But then there's some immature people who are trying to figure out what your sin is everybody, what he? Yeah, he looked like a drinker. <laughs> yeah, she looked like a liar. He looked like he beat me. He, here's the thing. Uh, we, we, we sometimes are so far off when we talk about sin that it's ridiculous, because the truth of the matter is this: uh, there are two types of sin: sins of commission and sins of omission. sins of commission. Are the sins that we commit, uh, the things that we do? Uh, Paul said, uh, the, the, "The things that I don't want to do, I end up doing them anyway. Sins of commission." Then he says, "And then that w- w- which I, 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 I say I'm not uh, uh, that I'm going to do, I don't do." See, there's some things that we don't realize is sin. that's sin. So maybe you ain't out here, you know hustling in the streets, you may not be getting floppy drunk, you may not be fornicating adultery, you may not be lying, all of that. But if God tell you, that man standing on the corner, go ahead and give him $20. And you don't do it? It's a sin. Well, I didn't do nothing. Exactly. <laughs> because he told you to do it. That's, that's sins of omission. When we omit, when he says love your neighbor and you just as mean and hateful, it's a sin. So so this is what Paul is talking about now because we now have a sinful nature. And I ain't even gotten into not one of the points. So yeah, we ain't gonna even finish tonight. So <laughs> so here's the thing. But but I wanted to make sure we took our time through here. I, I wanted to make sure the opening made sense because I don't want anybody leaving here confused. And as always, we're not condoning Sin. we're not making excuses for sin and we're not saying it's alright to sin we're just telling you where it originated from and and what the first sin was and how it affected us Uh, so now because of Adam we all have a sinful nature but my next question would be does that mean we all have to sin we don't have to we just choose to (laughs) remember it started as a choice well everybody has. Yeah, but they chose to. We don't have to. All right. So now I just sit here and told you that now all of us have the sinful nature because of what Adam did. But all is not lost because the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verses 12 15, 12 through 15, when Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's sin brought death, so death spread to everyone. For everyone sinned, yes, people sinned even before the law was given. But it was not counted as sin because there was not yet any law to break. Still, everyone died from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even those who did not disobey an explicit commandment of God as Adam did. Now Adam is a symbol, a representation of Christ who was yet to come. But there is a great difference between Adam's sin and God's gracious gift. For the sin of this one man, Adam, brought death to many, but even greater is God's wonderful grace and his gift of forgiveness to many through this other man, Jesus Christ. So it is because of Adam's sin that we all have a sin Sinful nature. Uh, But we don't have to remain in bondage to sin because of Jesus Christ. So that is how we are able to overcome our sinful nature. Uh, But now I, I, I need to look at this. Romans chapter number seven, verse 14 through 17. He said this So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me, for I am all too human, a slave to sin. I don't really understand myself or what, for I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know that what I'm doing is wrong, this shows that I agree with the law, that the law is good, so I am not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. I know all that sounds real confusing, but here's what he's saying. He says, so the trouble is not with the law for it's spiritual and good, but the trouble is with me. Laman turn. There's nothing wrong with the word. The problem is in me. Uh, if we're going to overcome our sinful nature, here's the first point and probably probably the only point tonight. If we're going to overcome our sinful nature, we first must acknowledge our shortcomings or our sins. If we're going to overcome the nature of sin, our sinful nature, we must first acknowledge our shortcomings or our sins. So let me really make it personal. If I am going to overcome my sinful nature, I must acknowledge my shortcomings and my sins. When it comes to acknowledging my shortcomings and my sins, what I have to acknowledge are those things that convict me. Okay, it's going to get real tight now. Everything that you may think is a sin that you see me doing, I may not think it's a sin. Uh-oh. See, you have to understand something about the word of God. Uh, it is not going to change. The word is the word. Uh, Romans 2.15. Romans 2.15. Romans Here's the thing about it. Uh, When you start talking about right or wrong, while we have the word to guide us, there's a little thing called the heart that will convict you long before the word of God will. Okay, y'all think I'm lying. Uh, Can can you find Romans 2.15 for me? I think it's Romans 2.15. Read it real quick. If it ain't relating to what I'm saying, don't put it up. (laughs) There you go. Romans 2.15. Look at what it says. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts for their own conscience and thoughts either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. The word of God is written on our hearts even before we really understand that's what it is. That's why at four years old, you can write on the wall and your parents say to you, did you do this? Mm Mm-mm. Nobody had to tell you, boy, you're getting ready to get whooped. You just sent something and your heart says you just messed up. And it's the same way when you're 44, 54, 74, 84, 104. Your heart will always tell you when you are wrong. You are the first person to know when you are wrong. So now let me get back to my statement because somebody still got a problem with that. Now when I say what you see me doing and you think you're seeing I may not think it's in. I'm not talking about those things that are written for sure. I can't kill a man and say, I just don't think I'm wrong. But Paul said this, watch this. Pa- pa- Paul says, I become all things to all people so that I might win some to Christ. Uh, and then he goes on to say, uh, but here's what I understood if eating meat offends my brother, then I don't eat meat. Which means this, there are some things that are offensive. Remember we said one of the definitions of sin was to offend. There are some things that may be offensive to you that are not offensive to me. I make it handle it. And because I can handle it, it's not necessarily a sin to me. But if you can't handle it, okay, case in point. Uh, I'm going to use me. I ain't going to use nobody else. Uh, Uh, Don't tell nobody, but when I was about uh, 15 to about uh, 19, 20, uh, I I I thought I was going to be the next big rap star. (laughs) My parents invested in me. I had two turntables. I had microphones. I had Kangos. I had Adidas shell toe. I had Adidas suits. I had raccoon hats. I had a big clogger. I had all that. And I even had a hit record in Kannapolis. You don't believe me Ask my mom and sister the name of it. They'll tell you. Love is a hard game. Still being played by some people. <laughs> Watch this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it, it went, it went uh, cubic zirconia. Watch this. Here's the thing about it. I love two things growing up. Music and basketball. Rap and basketball. And I would be lying to you if I told you I don't listen to rap. Now this new stuff, they can have But on a day where everybody has gotten on my last nerve, when I listen to all the Kirk I can listen to, I'll just jump on 85 and I'll put in Tupac. And me and Tupac just ride down. I even talk back to Tupac sometimes because he'll say, do heaven have a ghetto? No. (laughs) But but it's what I listen to. But here's the thing. If Norman can't listen to hip hop, if if Ashley can't listen to hip hop, then if Ashley get in my car, I'm not going to have it on hip hop. We're going to have it on 100.9. And we're gonna listen to, uh, uh, what's his name on in, in the afternoon show? Willie uh, William Jr. Sweat out! See, I listen to the gospel too. But my point is this I can listen to rap and take it as just music. But Ashley might listen to rap and as soon as they say, I get the 4 4 and put on the ski man, and now she's ready to go rob somebody. Because she's from Baker's Ford. Oh, good. That's good, and we laughing, but, but I'm serious. There, there are some people who are just connoisseurs of wine. They like wine. They know to drink red wine with spaghetti, I think. Yeah. Or Italian food. They, they they know different types of wine and they go out and they have a glass of wine. It's with But let the church walk in. <gasps> Get the paper bag. <laughs> Hyperventilating. But at the end of the day if they're not getting drunk I am not condoning but everybody has a level of what they can handle there are some people who can go to the movies all day long and it don't bother them but there are some people who may have had an affair in their life and they can't watch certain movies because it's all about somebody having an affair now you're leaving out the movie and somebody will, 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 what because it don't take much to bring it back you, you have to know you, and your heart will let you know when you can't handle something. So there are some things, that oh, we don't have time to get into it, but there are some things that, that, are, that are kind of gray that some people don't really realize, and either it's because they're not convicted of it or because they don't, don't know the word of God, but at the end of the day, he says, watch this, there's nothing wrong with the law. Now, there are some things that people know are wrong, but then they try and blame the word, or try and change the word to make you think it's not wrong. Get ready, get tight. You cannot. I've had people to say to me, "Just look straight." Forward, I don't know anybody's situation in here. I've had people to say to me, "What's wrong with living together before you marry?" That's not a sin. Show me where it say that. Well, it's not going to say that in the Bible. But here's the deal. Because you may be saying that to me because we sleep in separate rooms and we just need to help with our bills. Gotcha. But let me tell you what the Bible says to avoid the very appearance of evil. That right there. Don't call somebody else to stumble. I can't get up here and preach and I live with my girlfriend. Well, I definitely can't if I'm married. <laughs> But if I was a single preacher, (laughs) I can't live with my girlfriend and say, oh, no, we're just saving money. Because it's going to cause somebody to stumble. Even if it don't cause anybody to stumble. All the kids gone? Okay. Even if it don't cause anybody else to stumble, what happens at 1230 in the night? (laughs) When you get a little tingling sensation. Y'all know peppermint patty. (laughs) I get this cool sensation. (laughs) It's easier to not address that when you got to get up, get dressed, and drive through the rain. But if you just got to go out the hallway, you sleep, I can't sleep. That's if you're not in the same bed. People will try and take the word of God and twist it or they'll say the word of God contradicts itself and they'll use that as their reason for doing what they're doing. But there's nothing wrong with the word. He said, it's me. I'm the problem. Watch this. Can I I be honest with you? Uh, I, I, I I can deal with somebody who is in sin. Know they're in sin and say, pray for me. I can accept it. Well, not accept it. I I can handle that better than somebody who take me for a dummy and gonna tell me we ain't doing nothing wrong. But people will do that. They'll look for every excuse and say, no, it ain't, that ain't what the Bible says. Oh, yeah, it is. The Bible means what it says. The Bible is not gonna contradict itself. And there's some people, well, see, here you go. That's all, all that stuff is law. Okay, what else was the law? Thou shalt not kill. Who's in the law? Go kill somebody and see if they can say, Oh, you under grace. If you under grace, it's gonna be a big burly woman in cell block C. <laughs> somebody like, Huh? <laughs> you got to understand. You have to understand that just because it was the law don't mean you don't have to live up to it. Here's what Jesus came for. He came because he said they're not going to be able to do all of that. So when they break the law, I'm here to forgive them of their sins. But there are still consequences. Okay, okay. I'm running out of time. There are still consequences to your action. Uh, I I don't have time to read it. 2 Samuel chapter number 12, uh, when I say we have to acknowledge our sin, uh, you remember when David uh, ended up looking out over his balcony and he seen Bathsheba? He he said, who is that? They said, oh, that's Uriah's wife. That should have been the end of it. Hey, man, go over there and get her right quick. They go get her. He ends up sleeping with her. She gets pregnant. He calls Uriah back. Uriah, come on back in from the battle. Sleep with your wife. He's like, no, I can't do that. All my men out there fighting. I can't go in here and enjoy myself while my men fight. He said, look, he ain't falling for my plan. Send him back to the front line and have him killed. He thought everything was cool. Then here comes the prophet Nathan. And he said, listen, man, I got a message. He said, there was this guy who had all these lambs. Then when he had some gas, instead of killing one of his lambs, he go over here to this poor little guy who didn't have one little ewe lamb. Took it, killed it. David said, what? Who is it? He deserved to die. Nathan says, it's you. You do it. has been you all the time. You done this. And watch this. It was those words, the word of God, because it came from the prophet the word of God made him acknowledge his sin he said I have sinned against the Lord but you know what the Bible says the Bible says he said but don't worry about it he forgives you he said but here's the thing that son of yours oh he gonna die There are still consequences. In other words, because we're under grace, it does not mean there are not consequences. It just means that that eternal punishment is already taken care of. But there are still consequences to our actions. But nobody wants to acknowledge their sin. They would rather try and find a loophole in the word of God. But can I tell you, there's no loopholes. The Bible says that the word of God is quick it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Stop trying to find loopholes and let it convict you. That's what it's for. We should be able to read this word and not try and find out anybody else's business but ours. If you leave church and your statement is, he showed sure told them, you may well win play nine holes of golf. You should have stayed home and watched, you know, whatever was on TV. Because it's never about, he told them. It should be about, the Lord sure spoke to my heart today. Regardless of who's preaching it, there should be something in that message that resonates with you that will help you do better. And this is what overcoming the sinful nature is all about acknowledging our shortcomings, acknowledging our sin, and saying, okay, God, I see in your word. I'm already wrong, but now how can I get over this? How how can I move on from here by starting to acknowledge it? We always talk about Psalm 51. We always hear that, but that's where Psalm 51 comes from. It comes from when David had had messed up, and he said, you know, against the only have I sinned. He he acknowledged that thing, and when he acknowledged it, it helped him to overcome some of his sinful nature. You're not going to get any better until you acknowledge your wrongdoing. You can say all day long, ain't nothing wrong with drinking. Yeah, but brother, you can't even walk. You rolling around trying to get home. That ain't just drinking. You got to acknowledge you have an issue. Anytime you spend more money gambling than you do on your bills, I don't see nothing wrong with buying a lottery ticket. It's legal. Okay. But when your whole check goes to it, but you won't spend a dime in church? You got a problem. And these are just things that we always talk about, but there are a lot more sins that all of us have that we need to look at. Being judgmental. Trying to figure out a way to get over. Ain't nobody gonna say nothing on that one. How much is it? Let me see if I can get the hook up. Where you think the hook up comes from most of the time? When you're asking for the hookup, in most cases, not all the time, you may as well ask somebody, hey, can you go steal this for me? I'm done. But can I be honest with you? I could not sleep for a long time. I remember I bought a 32-inch TV. It'd been about 10, 12 years ago. I bought a 32-inch TV for a good price. (laughs) I should've known something was wrong when I met him at the barbershop. I ain't gonna tell you which barbershop but I met him at the barbershop. And so my boy, I ain't gonna call his name, he turned me on. I looked at his, it's still in the box now. I'm like, ooh, it's new. But when I went to get mine, there was no box. But I bought it. <laughs> and what did it for me was, when I got ready to hook it up, on the back where you hook the cable up, I could see where it had been cut. And that piece was still on. Which means, but here's the thing about it. It brought back a memory of when someone broke in my house and stole my son's TV and how he left the knife there where he cut the cable wire. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks. Why are you buying stolen property? See, before then, I didn't want to acknowledge that's where it came from. But then I had to say, you know what, Lord, not again. Now, I'm going to have to go with Best Buy, see what the best price I can get. Because I still want a legal hookup. (laughs) We're going to compare prices with Sam Club and everybody. But I just can't buy off the street no more because I know where it's coming from. Somebody else may can do that, and it don't even register with them that it's stolen. But because God convicted me of it, I can't go do it anymore. I have to make sure I'm on the up and up. Now, I'm not saying I'm perfect now. You know, sometimes I, my rap music get a little too far and I go, okay, Tony, you know better than that. You know, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to rap along with him and I have the, uh, every other word because I can't say what he said, <laughs> that's too much. Go to Walmart and get the clean version. But God convicts you about things. And when he convicts you, you can't pass that conviction on to anybody else because it's not your job to convict them. The Holy Spirit, and we'll talk about that on next week, and God's word will do the convicting. You just have to worry about yourself. It's like on communion Sunday. Let a man examine himself. It's not the time to look at everybody else. When it's time to deal with the sinful nature or the sin nature of man, you can't take care of everybody else's sin and then think that you don't have any. We talked about it on Sunday. You can't even get, how you trying to get on somebody about the speck in their eye? when you got a big old log in your eye. So we didn't get near as far as I th- thought we would, uh, but we did exactly what God wanted to happen. And so I pray that tonight has been a blessing to you. I pray uh, that even on next week, we'll come uh, eager to hear just a little bit more. Uh, and again, when we talk about sin, it's not to judge anybody, nor is it to justify the sin. Uh, it's just so that we're making sure we're presenting the full gospel, the whole gospel, of Jesus Christ to the church. Stand to your feet all over the building.